And I started to realize something's not right here. And as soon as I started saying out loud, something's not right here. If I'm doing this yoga every day for 12 years and I'm doing root healing for 12 years and I'm still looping in some confusion, something is not right here. We all have fearful thoughts that limit our lives and we make decisions accordingly. How much better would life be if we exchange those fears for perfect love and truth? Just saying this feels freeing. Welcome to the Abundantly Me podcast with Tara Olette. She's a life coach, speaker, teacher, and writer. It has been so cool to witness how aware Tara is to God's love as she flips the script of fear, inspiring us to live abundantly. And this is my dear friend, Laura Fonseca, who is the producer of this life-giving podcast. I'm delighted to share space with her as she joyfully depends on God's voice and the written word to love others well within the mysteries of life. Okay, ready to flip the script? Oh, it's time. Let's go. Hi. Hey. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, Happy new week, y'all. Yes, and happy new series. We are starting a new series today called Searching for Truth. Mm. And we're excited to share some awesome stories of how individuals were searching for truth and found perfect love. (sighs) And in our first conversation today, we speak with a woman who spent 14 years searching for truth in new age practices, Mm. but she kept feeling like something wasn't right. Yeah. Listeners, what's really powerful is this woman is an acquaintance, someone I went to high school with 30 years ago, and she was older than me. I, she just knew of me. I, we had a, I had an older brother. Uh, who she knew of. So that's the only reason she probably friended me on Facebook well after high school was just knowing of me and kind of keeping, which is what Facebook's good for, is just kind of keeping acquaintances, maybe even from different seasons of our lives. And uh, I don't even remember when we became friends on Facebook, but I watched her transformation over that decade plus she was, she just exuded all these good qualities, but I could tell it was, it wasn't rooted in Jesus. And I just adored her for all the other reasons. And then I saw about a year ago, this huge transformation. And I had to know what, why, like Mm -hmm. what, the why, the how, the where, the when. And so even though I knew of her from high school, 30 years later, we have this organic conversation. I just happened, we both agreed, like, let's talk, mm-hmm. let's record it, because we don't know what might come of it. And the recording is what we share. Yes, that conversation is so good. Mm. But before we get into that, yes. I'm going to share last week's Wheel of Fear results. Can't so wait. if you're a new listener, uh, the Wheel of Fear is a segment we do at the end of each episode where Tara and I have a list of fears or limiting beliefs that we have written down and put into a fun spinning wheel. <laughs> and we uh, rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to go. And each week, mm-hmm. one of us will spin our wheel and we will tackle one of the fears or limiting beliefs on the list. That's great. So last week, I um, I can't remember exactly what it said, but something to the effect of I needed to write a um, like a little note to my old small group girls. I had this group um, that I was with for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. It, my daughter was one of them, and then there was five other girls that I was with for three years. And then when they went to the high school, I kind of circled back down to 6th grade mm. to be the small group leader for my younger daughter. So... I needed to write them a little letter because I've been meaning to. I actually even had like a little gift to send them and I was just feeling a little like 
awkward because it's been so long yeah um since i've reached out to them and like the little trinket that i had for them i'm like oh they're gonna think this is dumb Hmm. whatever who doesn't like to be thought of though, exactly. right? So <laughs> yes. I sat down and I wrote six letters Aww. and it felt so good to just even like Gosh. spend time thinking about them and praying over them. And I attached the little, you know, gift I had for them mm. and put them all in the mail. So And one of them like has moved. We won't mention her name, but she's near and dear to both of our hearts. They're in Florida yeah. now. And so to get mail from you after she moved out of state doesn't we'll matter see. but it's just like mm-hmm. extra it's extra precious to think if they stayed together in high school if they traveled to different friend groups or states gosh I, I would love I would have loved to receive this as as a high schooler uh, and it's sweet to me because these girls aren't they it's not like they're all they don't all go to the same school they're not all right. in the friend, same friend circle but they have something that connects them because they were in this group together that's very cool and um, they just had a great time for those three years loving Jesus together so yeah great work so, yeah so it's done. So life-giving to listen to this. I know. Thank yeah. you, Wheel of Fear, for again, like <laughs> crossing something off my procrastination list. Yeah, that's a good one. Thanks so much for taking the time to go through that. First of all, for putting it on the list, but also for pressing into it. And this is a very life-giving um, report out. Thanks. So listeners, have you ever been on a journey for truth? I'm guessing you have. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be listening to yeah. this podcast. <laughs> yes, that's so good. So Misha was on a journey for 14 years searching for truth when she encountered Jesus. And this conversation that we're about to share was probably five months maybe after encountering. Is that yes. correct, Tara? Mm-hmm. So we're getting to hear from her super fresh off of her journey with Jesus. Um, and I do have to say I'm blown away by like her... <laughs> enthusiasm her wisdom like this conversation I was like oh wow she's a new Christian because she's using language like she's known Jesus for a while yeah she it it reminds her story reminds me of my journey but I was a child it was like my youth years and I knew Jesus before I had words for it so I was reading scripture and trying to understand what my heart knew. Mm. And usually I hear, as the, as the years went on, I realized that the majority of believers, in if they were raised in the faith, they had it in the head knowledge, they mm-hmm. had head and church knowledge, but maybe not that experience and that encounter with Jesus, like yeah. a personal, so that it shifted from the head to the heart. And that was not my story. And I'm finding that that's not Misha's story either, that she had these little moments with Jesus over time. And she had this little knowing, this little flame, and then an encounter. And then the encounter is what the listener is about to hear. Mm -hmm. Like she has this wisdom that does not come from like this deep Bible knowing. It's knowing him and kind of accelerating mm. knowledge or, or, or wisdom. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it, it has changed me listening. And to your point, she and I had this conversation over a year ago. I captured this story. We both decided to record it. We're like, let's just record this. We don't know what the Holy Spirit has intended for it. 
Um, and then we'll use it maybe or maybe not. So it's kind of been in the archives yeah. uh, for, for a year and a half. So this interview that everyone's listening to uh, was, like you said, just five or six months after having an encounter with Jesus. Ugh. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So Misha, um, she talks about being into new age things. And just mm-hmm. to clarify, some of right. those new age things that she um, that she participated in were meditation and yoga, plant-based uh, medicines. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's some others that she yes. talks about. But she was also um, like a healer, a coach. Mm-hmm. Like she helped people work through trauma um, yeah. and heal from that. Yeah. So, yeah. So she, it was part of her lifestyle and her career. Yes. All pre Jesus. Yes. And you know what I love? He was in it all. All of it. It doesn't mean that he uh, what made it or was part of the practices, but he, those are mountains. Those were mm-hmm. separating her from the truth of who God is as her maker and who Jesus is in relationship to her and then like the power of the whole trinity the whole gospel story and it pursued her no matter her behaviors it pursued her yeah and and that's what we're capturing is the story of that truth and how truth and perfect love like flips the script on our behalf yes and that's what we're like capturing Yes. Uh, and you'll, listener, you'll hear this at the end of this conversation and how Jesus flipped the script on her behalf. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. Uh, enjoy. Yeah, enjoy this conversation. But I'm just super excited to see why God wants me to have conversations with people, no matter their journey, just to ha- um, hold a space for like love and curiosity and just to see how God work through us. Okay. So in like the nineties, when we were in high school to get, you, you probably didn't even know me other, you know, I'm Jason Shook's little sister. And, um, but he was a grade or two younger than you. And, uh-huh. and, are, um, are you a grade above me? No, I'm in 93. Oh, you're 93. Okay. So, and Jason was 92. 92. Okay. And I had a crush on your brother. Okay. Well, that, that, that's not an um, unusual. <laughs> that is right. Um, and so then you're 91 or 90? 91. 91. Yeah. So I kid you not, I've never, so we were passing each other, you know, it was just, it was hallway it was just in between class periods you know and so there's tons of people like this picture this this is just normal high school movement in the hallway (laughs) and I will never forget like I just saw Misha and I saw you but you you were always beautiful always had a striking look and all I remember is like wow she is beautiful and then I don't even know if I've ever if I ever passed you in the hall again I we never had conversation but now that I know what I know about how God works, I'm telling you that visual was like, take note. Like, oh my gosh. I'm not kidding. It was crazy. <sighs> awesome. So then I got on Facebook late. I mean, I just wasn't a big social media person until um, our 20 year anniversary or 20 year class reunion. And I'm like, I better figure out how to stay connected with people. 
Yeah. And then I got on Facebook late. I can't even remember how you and I became friends on Facebook. There was just something that continued to draw me to you, no matter what you were saying or doing or posting. I just, I just had this, this draw. So, and then you made this huge transformation. I consider huge and you're so public about it. And you're like, Oh my goodness. And I'm like, God, is that why you just continued to have me drawn to her? So I just wanted to give you that background because that's super exciting to me. That's so, so exciting. When I hear you share that story, I just, I know it's God working. I know it's God. And that gives me a lot of hope because I, you know, I haven't had a relationship with Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit until just five months ago. So (laughs) I mean, I, and and he's revealing to me little by little, like, oh, Misha, I was there and I was there too. And, you know, but when I first was awakened to, to Christ and to Jesus, this amazing Jesus Christ, (laughs) I I mean, when I, when I realized the beauty of Jesus Christ, I, I've started to feel this anger of like, where were you my whole life? My life has been terrible, you know? And, and just like, you know, hearing you say that, uh, that, I, that really helps me even know that like the Lord was with both of us then. And, you know, sometimes we don't know it, but he's right there. All the time. I have goosebumps all the time, all the time. And we don't I, I know I think I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. <laughs> But I know you might too. So that makes me feel better. <laughs> oh, I'm a, I'm a big, well, I, you know, they call me a weepy prophet. I'm, yeah. I'm very weepy over all things Trinity. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm in good company then. Cause I cry a lot too. <laughs> so five months ago. Okay. There's so much I want to know, but I don't want to like hijack the entire conversation, but I'm just so drawn to whatever you want to share, like your journey or specifically what in the world happened five months ago. So I just want to hear from you. Wow. Thank you. It's going to be really nice to tell you someone who will believe me. Um, I can feel emotional right now. Somebody that will believe me and um, will be able to understand. So it feels really good. Ah, yay. Yeah. um, You know, where do I start? There's so much. Um, Let me just ask the Lord, where does the Lord want me to start? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've been seeking the truth of what's happening on this planet, you know, for consciously, I've been seeking for probably now about 14 years, 13 to 14 years. And it really started when um, I became pregnant. And uh, actually a little bit before I was pregnant, I was with my father's, uh, my daughter's father at the time. And um, the, the mother of my, uh, my ex-husband, she would say a lot of things about me in the early parts of my courtship with her son at the time. And it was a very like, uh, like quick union and very, you know, like we just, you know, we're drawn to each other very passionately and, and we're very much connected. Um, but after about six months, it started to, there were a lot of red flags, but there was just a lot of like intensity in our relationship. And we had a hard time separating from each other, even though we probably should have. 
Mm. Uh, but we didn't know how to separate. And his mother would say a lot of things at that time, like, you know, Misha is, um, Misha is cancerous and you need to get rid of her. And she's awful. And she's, she's, uh, God is speaking through me and by, she's Baha'i. She, she follows the Baha'i tra traditions and religion. Mm. And so she would say a lot of things to her son that would um, really start to, and that's really when our relationship really started to go downhill. And, and so she was kind of in the name of religion at that time, you know, really trying to kind of warn him about me. And I didn't really understand, like, he wouldn't tell me a lot of those things that she was saying, but after a while, he started to feel so uncomfortable. And he was like, look, you know, I don't know what to do, but like, I really love you. But my mother doesn't accept you. And she's not really saying why, but she just says that in the name of God, that you know, you, you're, you're not a spiritual person and you, you don't know anything about the spiritual path. So she doesn't condone, she, she condones our relationship or she, you know, she doesn't um, approve of our relationship. And so she was really trying to, you know, get us to break up. And it was really hard for me to, and I didn't know much about like religion or God or Jesus or any religion at all, because growing up as a young girl, I was told you're, you don't believe in God and you, and you're a Democrat. That was like it. You're just, that's who you are. And don't talk to me or ask me about any of it. Just that's who you are. And I remember as a young girl, like I, I never felt safe with my mother or my father. I didn't feel safe at my home. Hmm. And I would spend all my time at the dance studio that that's where I found my, my safety with these women that would just, you know, teach me how to do ballet and tap and jazz. And it was kind of like a little mini family there. Hmm. And so, you know, I would find a lot of my peace at the dance studio and I, my, my father's mother would sometimes take me to church, but hmm. she would tell me, don't tell your mother that I took you to church. So, and at church, was the other place that I felt really safe because there was just this sense of love at the church. It was a um, Presbyterian church that we went to. And I only went like three or four times, but that was just my escape from the the chaos in my childhood home. And, um, and so that's just kind of a backstory. But then yeah. when his mother was saying to me that, you know, I don't know anything about spirituality, that was just the one thing that she was saying a lot of really nasty things about me that were not true. But, <clears throat> but the one thing that stuck with me was that she said, I don't have a spiritual path. And she was right. I didn't, but mm -hmm. I also felt a lot of shame around like spirituality or faith or God, because my mother made me believe that like, I don't believe in God, but then I secretly loved church. And I, you know, I secretly loved like, just expressing myself in dance. Like I just felt so good to just be who I am and express myself. And I just, I couldn't express myself at home and I couldn't express my curiosity about God. And hmm. so, you know, fast forward to those days where, you know, my daughter's father's mother was saying all of this about me. I, I really started to go inward and really, you know, ask, you know, you know, I started to kind of pray in the only way I knew, which was just, you know, I would hear that people would get on their knees and just start praying to God. And 
I kind of did it for a while, but I didn't, it felt weird. And I also felt a lot of shame. Like there was a lot of shame about it because it was, it was coming from like my mother's story about what religion or faith was. And so I was conflicted as I wanted to know what, what faith was. I was like embarrassed by it at the same time. Mm -hmm. So what's the, what's the name of the faith again of his mom's faith? Yeah, it's, it's Baha'i, B-A-H-A-I. Of all, why I've never heard of it before. And then do you know the basics of it? Like what is the belief system? Yeah, it's basically, um, they believe in a prophet that was, that calls himself um, Abdullah, Abdu'l-Baha, Abdu'l-Baha, I think. And it's basically a, a religion that is trying to bring all religions together. It's like a, a, a unity, a, you know, all God, a, all, all way. There's many ways to God. Okay. So but you talk about shame because she's then saying there's all these different ways that are accepted, but you don't have a way. That's that right. like, oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. And I was searching for a way, but I didn't know what it anyway. So I would go to Barnes and Noble, like, and just like put plant myself, you know, in the Barnes and Noble and look for like all, you know, contemplative religions and Buddhism and, and Hinduism. And, you know, I mean, everything I was like in Catholicism and Christianity, and I'm looking at all of these you know, paths and I don't know where to start. I don't know what I believe. And I'm like closet, like trying to find out, right. Cause I can't yeah. tell my mom. And, oh. and I just felt like, I don't know, I had nobody to talk to. I didn't have anyone in my life that was on a spiritual path. I didn't, you know, I didn't have anybody. So those books were really like confusing to me. Cause I just didn't know how to, I just, I, I didn't know how to decipher them and I didn't know how to find out what do I believe, you know? So, mm. but I was trying to educate myself on every religion. Mm. Yeah. And, and I remember as a young girl, wow, this is so cool telling you this. Cause I remember as a young girl, I would tell people, you know, I think dance is my religion. Mm. Dance is my religion. Dance is where I feel safe. Dance is where I feel free. Dance is where I feel I can be who I am. And nobody judges me there. Yeah. Nobody shames me. Nobody tells me to be quiet. Nobody tells me I'm too much. Nobody tells me to shut up. Nobody yells at me. I'm just, I'm dancing and I'm, and everybody's clapping. <laughs> Acceptance. I'm accepted on the stage. Validated. Wow. I'm validated. Yeah. I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm validated. I'm appreciated and I'm celebrated. I found this like sanctuary on the stage and I would just tell everybody dance is my religion. Yeah. So, you know, I think now it makes sense now that I, I, when I really, the only way that I could connect to at that time, some sort of sense of spirituality was actually through yoga. You know, that relationship with my daughter's father ended very fast. As soon as my daughter was born and he, you know, went to be with other women and there were, you know, lots of, there was lots of infidelity and it was very confusing because he was, you know, saying, I love you. But at the same time, he was, you know, with lots of other women and um, he wasn't available as a father. He just couldn't show up for either of us in that way. And so I, um, 
you know, I just knew I have to be alone right now because it was getting really dangerous. It was actually quite dangerous in the relationship because I was just reacting and it was more fear. The more fearful I was, the more aggressive he became. And so, um, yeah, it just, it was safer to leave that relationship, which was devastating to me because there was nothing more that I wanted than to have a family yeah. and nothing more that I wanted actually to have a family also in some sort of faith because I really wanted it, but it was like, and I thought I had had it in that, that family because when I first met the mother, she was like, you know, oh, I want to pray over you and all of this. And I was like, oh, it's so nice to have like yeah. a mother figure, like wanting to pray with me and talk to me about religion, you know, but she was also condemning me in the name of her religion. And she wasn't really, you know, she just went from one moment being really loving to the next moment, just shaming me. And so it was kind of that pattern that I just knew, like love and then shame and then love and shame. And wow. Yes. Yeah. So I just, um, so when I got a divorce, I turned to yoga and I became a yoga teacher and I started learning all about the yoga sutras, which is kind of like the Bible of yoga, uh, the practice practices of yoga. And I quickly began to, you know, basically now I see I was worshiping these, you know, Shiva and Shakti and Chinamasta and like all of these, you know, Hindu goddesses, deities, you know, that I thought, well, you know, it's like, yeah, like it's, it's, I love to move my body. And if I can feel my spirituality through my yoga practice, and then I'm going to, I'm going to worship these idols. And I really did. Like I had, you know, Ganesh and I had Shiva and Shakti and I had them all around my room and I have this altar and, mm. you know, I have Buddha and I have, you know, I had a little thing of Jesus there, but like, it was did interesting because I, yeah, but I didn't have any relationship with Jesus. I had a relationship with all those other ones. What made you have Jesus there? Well, it was just um, a picture that I saw. And I just, I don't know. I felt like I wanted it there. And ah, it, it, this is going to make me cry. <laughs> I know. It's like there's just something in you that included even the tiny picture of Jesus among all that other, all the I other know. idols all the other idols but it i really feel now that the devil had his grip he had his grip so much on me and i didn't ever want to believe in demons or the devil because that just felt like that you know that's not being loving because yeah. i i want to be so compassionate i want to be so loving to all people and if and and somehow i didn't understand that demonic spirits enter into people and that it's not the person that is a devil, but it's the spirit of the deem of, of Satan yeah. in that person. And it's like, it wasn't until I was saved, Tara, that I understood what I've just said. Okay. Cause wow, yes. I didn't understand I it. I love that you just said that if, if this is, and when you hear my backstory at some point, you'll know, you know, why I'm really leaning into this because what I'm hearing you say is, if I believe in the devil, that, and massage this around with me, but if I believe yeah. in the devil, if I believe in Satan, that goes with Christianity, that goes with, that goes with like, that's not loving because there's so many other faiths that don't talk about that, don't talk about Satan. And so it's kind of like they're a, a pair 
And that's not loving. And almost the way I heard you say it, it's almost saying that that like comes from believing in Jesus, comes from believing in God who, you know, is Jesus. Does that, is that, is there a correlation with the devil in Christianity? Like it's a pack package deal? Yeah, that's a really great question. I wouldn't say that that was my understanding because I didn't know anything about Christianity. Okay. Cause you, okay. Oh. Didn't even know about it. Yeah. I didn't know anything about Christianity. I actually like, I knew nothing about any, any religion. I didn't know anything. The old, the first religion I learned about was, was the Baha'i religion because I was trying to understand where was this coming from. I wanted to understand her beliefs and yeah. I wanted to understand what she was saying. So I only educated myself there, but it was a very confusing thing. And I tried to go to some like, you know, Baha'i circles and whatnot, but I still felt like when I would go to those Baha'i circles, it wasn't, I don't know, my, my soul was my heart. Like my, I didn't feel like I belonged there. I just didn't feel like it was the right place. And yeah. I didn't resonate with it. And so I think what so your question is really good and I love it. And I want to talk to people about this because I'm kind of sidetracking and I want to go back to something, but I want to say this first is that I have a lot of clients that I've been helping with root healing, healing trauma, basically just healing trauma through the body. And, and I, I've helped a lot of women and assisted them come back into their physical body after being totally disassociated from their body and not even knowing what they feel and being able to put words to it through healthy relating and bringing them just back into like awareness of that they're a soul in a body. Yeah. And so I have watched, I have watched women heal. Mm. But, but the thing is, is that they, they only heal to a certain point and then they loop they loop in this certain thing and it's because Jesus is not in their life and because they are possessed by demons. And that's what was happening with me. I was possessed mm -hmm. by the demons and I got to a certain point and I started to realize something's not right here. Something is not right here. And as soon as I started saying out loud, something's not right here. If I'm doing this yoga every day for 12 years and I'm doing root healing for 12 years and I'm still looping in some confusion, mm -hmm. something is not right here. And it was almost like Jesus, like I, Jesus just came Well, it came because I got on my hands and my knees and I started praying again. And I, I was talking to like what I start, I developed, or I, I believe God gave it to me to help me through these times, but it was this inner family foundation. So it's like my wounded self could talk to my inner mother and every time I talked to my inner mother, I started to develop this relationship with inner mother. And inner, when I started to tell my inner mother, I said, inner mother, something's not right because I am still confused. And that doesn't make sense to me because I'm doing everything that this yoga practice is telling me. I'm, I'm talking to you. And she said to me, get on your hands and knees right now and pray to Jesus Christ. She said it very clear. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to sit on my hands and knees. I'm going to play to Jesus, Jesus Christ. And she said, ask, ask right now for him to come into your heart. And then I just said, Jesus Christ, come right now into my heart. And I mean, Jesus came into my heart, sister. And it was in a matter of three days, like all sorts of things started being lifted. And I was told you got to get rid. Jesus said, get rid of all of your yoga stuff. Get rid of all of the idols. Get rid of Buddha. Get rid of the, the, 
you know, the crystals, get rid of the tarot decks, get rid of everything. I was immersed in it. I was like, I was like the chakra queen. You know, I was like, everybody would come to me when they were in their darkest time. And they would be like, you got to go see Misha because Misha can hold the space for anything. She's not afraid of anything. She can hold the space and make you feel accepted. And I mean, thank God, God gave me that beautiful gift, you know, to just hold the space with no judgment, no judgment at all. Yes. But I didn't have the protection of Jesus Christ, sister. And some of my clients were looping and a lot of them, they are really put off by me now because Mm. I am talking about Jesus. And I really do think it's still that like demonic oppression that's within them Mm. because they are so, they're not only not like coming around me anymore. It's like, they're mad. Mm. And one of them had the guts to tell me the other day. But what was so interesting is she said to me, Misha, I'm really happy for you. And she said, I just have to own, you know, we practice a lot of conscious, healthy communications. So we know how to navigate these things. And so I said, she said to me, you know, Misha, I just want to own that since you came to Jesus, I feel like I got to pull back. But Mm. she said, I know you. I know you and I trust you. I trust you more than I've trusted any other human being on my healing journey. And she's like, I've been on a healing journey for a long time. And she said, I just have to tell you that I have two points that I disagree with you on. And this is really interesting that we need to talk about sister. She said, I don't agree that it's the devil. I, what I believe is that people have trauma. And it, that's not of the devil. People have trauma and that's not of the devil. And then she said, number two, we're not sinners. Again, we're not mm. sinners. We, we only have trauma. Mm. So she said, we have to focus on healing the trauma. And she mm. said, when you started, she said, and you've helped me heal my trauma relationally because, you know, a lot of those like, you know, patterns of abuse have happened either in a religious relational situation, or maybe it's does not, doesn't have anything to do with religion at all, like on the surface, but it's because of relational abuse. Somebody sexually abuses you. Somebody tells you you're nothing, you're not worth it. Somebody tells you you're, you're a jerk or, you know, just makes you feel stupid or manipulates you and tries to shame you. And so I have focused on my healing groups, really helping them heal relationally. What is a healthy relationship? And not only I don't educate them. I literally, we just do, let's be in relationship in a healthy way. Mm. How do we just bring all of our issues, all of our struggles, all of our doubts, all of our confusions, and just hold a skillful, firm, loving space so we don't get drowning in it, but we get seen and heard, validated, honored, appreciated, celebrated. And that's how a lot of those ladies have really healed just along with me. It's, you know, it's not me. I didn't heal them, but I would always say it's God. I would always say it's God, but you see, sister, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. So Mm. I had to kind of use, like, I would use the words like God, source, creator. Yes. Yeah. Because some of those ladies didn't feel comfortable with the word God. Yes. So I would say God source creator. And that I know is what started to open up even into our healing spaces. It opened up the demonic realm because I wasn't clear in what I was really sharing. And I wasn't, I didn't have the Holy Spirit in me. The Holy Spirit was not in me. I had not invited and welcomed the Holy Spirit. So those ladies were looping and 
I don't know if that answers your question because it wasn't so much like devil e was equal to God or Christianity or that because I didn't know that Christianity yeah. was, was that. But um, it's only been since I've been saved. Now I understand that the devil is an adversary and the devil is not equal to the Lord and the devil will come in. And the Jesus is the only one that, you know, and then we have to really fight these battles that the Lord fights these battles on the supernatural. Like I, I didn't understand that because I was doing all this stuff called root healing. Like, let's get to the root of why these things happened in the first place and how we can really build a brand new foundation. And that's, I always knew I'm going to help people build a found new foundation for their life, but I didn't know it was going to be through Jesus. All right. Go Misha. Wow. Right? That was really powerful. Yeah. And I can't believe as I listened, I can't believe <laughs> that that's like five months after finding Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, and she is so on fire. She's so enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. It's awesome to, to listen to that transformation story. And I captured it and I have not been able to shake it for this I don't know. It's been about a year and I, it has truly left a mark in me because it is so being with someone who's on a, who had been on a completely different journey. I don't know that world. I didn't live in that world. Um, but allowing space to hear what that was like for her, those 14, mm -hmm. those 12, 14, you know, a couple decades from including her childhood and everything, young adult life. It just was fascinating to listen uh, to someone I was an acquaintance with and then to just come full circle and hear how Jesus pursued her. Yeah. It, and and what it's done to her since, since then. Since then. I know. So listeners, originally we were right. going to have Misha talk during this recap that Tara and I always do after our conversations. Um, but that conversation was so amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> that what we decided to do was we're going to air that next week. Mm -hmm. So the, there will be another conversation with Misha now, you know, a year and a half after the conversation yes. you just <laughs> listened to. Yeah. And it's really neat because we get to uh, talk to her as she kind of reflects on where she was um, back in that very beginning mm -hmm. stages of her journey with Jesus and where she is now and what she's learned since yes. then. And it was just so powerful and beautiful that we wanted to make an entire episode. Yes. So we'll air that next week. Yeah. It it was, it continues to be, because I have uh, ongoing conversations with her. There's been a lot of months in between. Um, but when we do get to talk, I am, I'm just marveled by how perfect love, like, unadulterated, like unscripted, unplanned love, just the heart of God and mm -hmm. how he pursued her, his daughter, and won her over. And it's just flipped the script of her life. But that doesn't mean it's just like easy breezy from that point forward. Right. Her career has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, she's like a work in progress trying to figure out how she shows up and like, I can relate with this part too. Um, but there's such a drastic change and I don't know new age like she does. Mm -hmm. I don't even know to call it that, but that is a complete shift for her 
to love people, hold space for people, to want people to heal and heal from trauma. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. But the way in which she did it was, it seemed like she articulates the furthest from God. It was very self-focused, self-help, self-empowerment. And I, I understand part of that, but not in the depths in, mm-hmm. the, in what she's going to talk about next week, the way that she talks. It's so, uh, I don't know, in the opposite direction of God. But what I think what people don't realize is like God's right there. Mm-hmm. He's always pursuing. He's in all of it. And how, I don't know. So her career changed. Her home changed. So she was living in, in the recording. She was in Costa Rica mm-hmm. with her daughter. She now is in California. She changed location, schools for her daughter, friendship groups, her friendship groups, her clients, gone. Yeah. Just love her, trust her, but don't trust Jesus. Don't (laughs) trust the God and the love and the peace that's just exuding from her. Um, Her religion, like just literally the name of who she worships worships changed. Um, Her exercise practice changed. The way she moved her body, let's call it that, changed. It's like her whole life has been flipped and she doesn't ever want it to go back to the way it was. She doesn't want, uh, she just wants, she's surrendering everything to Jesus. So next week, listener, it just is the part two of Misha, like reflecting on hearing herself, you know, new following Jesus a year later in the middle of things, Mm -hmm. things are not all wrapped up in perfect. I don't mean perfect because it's never perfect, but like understood. Mm. Like I've got my sea legs under me. I'm ready to go. She's really in the middle of trying to figure it out. She's one of the most precious people and she trusts us holding this story. And that that means a lot to us. So that's coming up next week. Awesome. That's good stuff. All right. Well, should we kick it over to Jamie and Donna? Yeah, it's time. All right. Hey, Donna. Do you know what time it is? Sure, I know what time it is. It's time for... The Wheel of Fear! All right, thank you, Donna and Jamie Winship, for that intro to yes, our Wheel of Fear. here we are. Here we go. Are we okay. ready to rock, paper, scissors? Ready? Rock, rock paper, scissors, scissors, shoot! Oh, I lost <laughs> again? I kind of wanted to go, because I like what I... we get from the Wheel of Fear. I can I can let you go this week if that's I feel like we need to honor the system. Okay. <laughs> that's great. Here we go. Well, uh, it says reach out to the principal at Harrington Elementary in Pontiac to see if I can participate in their end of the year celebration mm. for the fifth graders. That's a good so, one. I know, and I'm a little bit intimidated by the principal of that school. <laughs> In what way? Just his presence? Yes, yes. He's kind of intimidating. His presence is very, he's very stern too with the kids. So when I hear him in the hallways with the kids, I'm like, oh, even well, what you, am I doing? <laughs> even you hop into line? <laughs> I like remember what it was like to be in elementary school. And I'm like, oh yeah, single file. Oh, that's right. Oh, no Get your hands the off the walls. Stop talking. Get your hands off the walls. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, I am familiar with this elementary because um, 
I work with another program called Kaleo and we do performing arts inside schools in Pontiac. And that is where I was the last, um, for this last semester, I was working with the fourth and fifth graders teaching dance and I absolutely love them. Um, Mm. and there's only one class of fifth graders and, uh, I want to do something special for them because I just kind of got a little attached to them, but I don't really know what to do or how to mm. show up for them. Um, so I thought maybe the best thing to do would be to reach out to the principal and see if there's anything that they need help with or any little treat I could bring in for the kids. Um, Man, I, I'm like, this reminds me, and I know some of these can seem so simple, but it's these types of act of love that we don't follow through with for all the reasons. Right. Like the limiting beliefs, the legit fear of a human. I know. And that part of me is like, are the the kids going to be like, why are you here? Which I doubt, you know. But that is a a fleeting thought. And that fleeting quick thought can be the very thing that stops us from moving forward. Right. But at the end of the day, if all I want to do is show them love, then what? Then do it. Then do it. Let's do it. Then what is there to be afraid of? Just show up and show them love. So, Do you ever wonder if the Holy Spirit's the one spinning this? Like... (laughs) It's at the end of the year. You put it on there just in case. It's the one that comes up and or at least it's enough to put it right. on there. And then here you are. You get to press into this again and, yeah. and continue to bless students' lives that you've already been part of. Gosh, I just love I love these what seem and listeners. They're simple enough that all of us can, can agree with and step into. So we invite them into what act of love, what yeah. act of service, yep. let's call it random act of kindness that we don't follow through with for what reason. Mm-hmm. Everyone can understand why the limiting beliefs or fears stop us. I know. And I, I tend to, you know, I catch myself doing that. Like I'll think of something loving or like, oh, wouldn't that be sweet to do this? And then, mm-hmm. you know, I just sometimes don't. <laughs> totally. So, I'm so there with you. So thank you, Will of Fear, because right. now I'm going to make sure this gets done. Uh, we are going to be excited to listen one week from now as you report how well it went. Wait, so will you you be so, just reaching out or? so yeah so i'm just gonna reach out because it's not it won't be before next week okay um so you'll at least have an answer to how you can yes it's i'll not let you guys know what it. i'm gonna be doing so all right that's cool that's cool sounds good all right all right well have a great week everyone have a great week listeners we'll see you next week yep see you then bye, bye. We are so glad you listened to this episode of the Abundantly Me podcast, where we flip the script on fear and exchange it for perfect love and truth. Want to stay in touch? Please consider subscribing. And if you would like to continue the conversation from an episode, go to AbundantlyMe.org to access our podcast group. And remember, when it comes down to it, the greatest way not to allow fear to be a liar, a limiter, or a liability is to first be loved by God. Then we can show up in life motivated by truth and love that sets us free. And we would love a virtual hug by sharing, liking, and leaving a review, which also allows others to learn about this free service.